This is uh, Bushmills tenure. Tullamore Dew. I'm not sure how many. I guess three years, huh? Four at least, usually. Yeah. For um, most Irish. It's been a while since I had the tenure. What I love about the Tullamore Dew is you can, you can like smell the apricot. Or is it pear? Is it pear? I actually haven't had Tullamore in a while. Really? This. Bushmills 10, man. Like raisins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Raisins and dates and stuff. It's very good. I almost brought <clears throat> over my bottle of uh, my forever bottle. Ah. Because oh, that's yeah. Because that's got some of this. It's got some Bushmills. It's got the. Uh, I want to try mine soon. The 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 rum cask aged one. Oh it's, man. It's got a little bit of um. Oh, what's it called? The bottle that it's in, Lead Slinger. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we got to get a bunch of stuff, get rid of a bunch of stuff for Passover. Welcome to a conversation with Bradley and Seamus. Um, that's Bradley. I'm Seamus. Yes. Bradley. <laughs> Seamus. Yes. Bradley. Seamus. Bradley. Seamus. Bradley. Seamus. <laughs> um... <laughs> And um, here's what we do. Uh, we enjoy a glass of whiskey while we talk Bible. Today we're going to be talking about God's name. Uh, more specifically about sacred name, the movement. Usually I hear or see uh, the word Jehovah quite a bit. And or I know, Yahweh. Yeah, or Yahweh as the Holman uh, HCSB will put it. Uh, and I know that within the within the church or the greater Christianity movement in and of itself uh, that we're seeing a rise in making a point to pronouncing or saying the name um, and praying with it. Um, so let's have a conversation about that. Um, and I'm of the understanding that you would disagree with that. Yeah, fundamentally I fun fundamentally and, and scripturally I would tend to disagree with that. Um, there's no... There's no blatant verse in the Bible that says you're supposed to, and actually I think there's there's a pretty legitimate case to be made that you're not supposed to pronounce the actual name of God, um, or what you may think the name of God is. I, we've already given two examples now as to what um, supposedly it could be, uh, and those are, those are just two that are more popular within Orthodox Christendom, but uh, when you venture outside into some of the other fringes, the the Hebrew Roots Movement and uh, Messianic Judaism, uh, you get a whole lot of other popular variants of it from, you know, Yahweh as as opposed to Yahweh because... I've also heard Yahuwah before. There's, or uh, yeah, uh, Yaba is another one. <clears throat> now, I understand that we're, we're basically beginning in Matthew 6, so why there? Why Matthew 6? Uh, well, I think predominantly because this is... This is where we would see Jesus pray. From this example, I, I think the best reason we can start from here is uh, because he actually very specifically does not say the name. Your name be honored as holy, or holy be thou name. Um, however, whichever translation you're reading, what would be your reason not to pronounce the name? Like, what's wrong with pronouncing the name? Several reasons. First of all, you're, you're commanded not to. Are we? Yes. Do you have an example? The Torah does say, 
that we are to fear the Lord's terrible name. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that doesn't specifically say, don't say it. However, if you're going to actively pursue the action of fearing his name, what that translates to in a Judaic mindset is not saying it. It's almost, it's almost like the Harry Potter, you know, he who must not be named concept. <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, J.K. Rowling got it right. Gotcha. When you fear a name, you avoid saying it. And that that's actually very much how the Jewish culture uh, perceives that. They actually they view that passage, the, the command to fear his name, to be a legitimate command against pronouncing the name. Okay. Uh, so, but other than that, I would probably say several other reasons. Uh, one being, you definitely don't want to... I'm going to use the word profane because a lot of people are going to be familiar with that that word. But uh, that would translate to uh, making it common, uh, making it easily accessible. So the command not to profane the name of God would also apply here then. Absolutely. One of the Ten Commandments. Um, don't take the, the Lord's name in vain. Yes. Okay. So, that's, uh, so we have it a couple of different instances in which we have warning after warning on not how on not to say the name yes okay. um matter of fact actually there is an example uh, even within the torah where a man is um he's he has judgment carried out on him because he pronounced the name uh that's going to be in let me turn to it this leviticus 24 mm-hmm uh, if you if you you can start in verse ten, that's kind of where you get the yeah I'll the, go ahead pr- and... the premise of what's going on there. But sure, I'll read it. Read. It says, uh, "Now the son of an Israelite woman whose father was an Egyptian went out among the sons of Israel, and a fight broke out between the Israelite woman's son and an Israelite man. The Israelite woman's son blasphemed the name and cursed. So they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shelomit, the daughter of Debri." of the tribe of Dan. They put him in custody until the will of the Lord uh, could be declared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, bring the one who cursed out of the camp and let all who heard him lay their hands on his head and have the entire congregation stone him. Okay. So he is, he is executed. So it says he blasphemed the name and cursed. And cursed. And it's been argued I've heard it argued that his crime was, you know, the addition there that that not just that he blasphemed the name, but that he cursed also. So because he used the name profanely, in other words, uh, context is what made all of the difference. Intent is what made the difference, uh, you know. And so the idea behind that argument is, well, if we're using it and intending to to praise, then it doesn't fall under the purview of this example. Uh, the the problem the problem there is uh, the word vayikra, which we read as you know profaning the name there in that passage. Uh, that that just means that he said it. Interesting. He, he he pronounced the name, and that in English translates directly to profaning the name. So essentially, what you're saying is that the English doesn't do a really good job. 
that uh, it should in Hebrew, it, it really reads that he pronounced the name and then he cursed, and that yeah. was his crime. Yeah, well, because, so the Hebrew word Vayikra is actually one that a lot of Christians would be familiar with in several other passages, and if you were to translate it that way, or at least in that context in this passage, uh, they, it would probably better capture the idea. For instance, uh, Isaiah, you know, the Messianic passage, you know, his name shall be called, That that's Vayikra. Oh, right. Okay, to call, to say, to pronounce. And and so in that context, uh, I, I almost think maybe it wasn't intentionally translated less accurately. I have uh, open in front of me here um, Leviticus from Rashi, and yeah, he he would agree with you that it should be pronounced, that the word Vayikra, it's Vayikrov, um, which is just a, a present tense form that he pronounced, so... Um, so yeah, interesting. Interestingly enough, so is this? This brings us back to Matthew six. Yes, Matthew six. So the interesting, the interesting thing about Matthew six is, first of all, uh, and, and understand this is we're speaking in the context of prayer mostly. Uh, I think most believers who are adamant about pronouncing the name or what they perceive to be the name. Uh, they they mean to do so more more so in prayer more so in praise um, and so the example of Matthew six is pertinent because it's the Messiah himself telling us this is how to pray okay so this is this is his formula for prayer I'm gonna call it a formula because uh, at the end of the day it actually is just a formula it's a, it's an abbreviated version of of, uh, yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah. The, I want to say the Amidah. Uh, the standing prayer. The standing prayer, yeah. Um, which, yeah, but uh, even to that point, he opens the prayer with saying, Our Father in heaven, holy is thy name. Um, it it kind of reminds me of how Jews speak today. Usually when they do refer to God in any way, they always say God, comma, blessed be he. Yes, or something of that effect. Yes, so it's it's it seems super Jewish for him to open a prayer up like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it they they'll always follow it with uh, "Blessed be He" or "His name be praised" or right, you something. know. And then <clears throat> then they also do the reverse for for Satan. You know, may his name be blotted out. Anytime anytime that he's mentioned, it's may his name be blotted out. It's you know the the idea of a name is is very sacred in a Semitic culture, which would have been what Jesus grew up in. That's that's where this faith has its roots. Mm. Um, hence why the Hebrew Roots Movement feels the need to specify that it's Hebrew Roots. Um, personally, I, I don't think they go deep enough with those roots in, in many aspects, and that's why this issue is a pretty hot-button issue with them, actually. Um, so question then. Um, so you've, you've made your point, I think, that pronouncing the name is a big no-no. We've got a couple examples. It's one of the ten. Um, so, why do we hear different variations of this name? So, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, I know one of the one of the primary ones is a confusion about the Bible point system uh, in the Masoretic text. So, the Masoretes 
Uh, originally, the Hebrew text had no vowel points. Naturally. I know you're, you're aware of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Masoretes developed a vowel point system that caught on anywhere that you see the, the name. Uh, the Tetragrammaton. Okay, that's that's the name of God. Um, this funny, actually, I, it, we just discussed this uh, on on the Exodus passage we were going over. Is one of the first times that that God introduces Himself as Yodhevabhe, and that's the Hebrew letters that it would be. Uh, so, oftentimes in the Torah, you'll see the Yodhevabhe with vowel points there, um, and I think some people may get confused and try and work those vowel points into the letters themselves because none of those none of those letters are, are vowels. Anyway, the Hebrew language doesn't have vowel letters per se. That's why they have a vowel point system. Uh, and so because you see that and they read it into it, and I think that that's where probably the uh, Yahweh and, and Jehovah come from more or less. Um, that's one reason. Uh, for several of the other variants... I've heard some conspiracy about the Masoretes <laughs> trying to conceal the name to hide it from uh, believers so that they couldn't profane it or something like that. It's a big conspiracy. Uh, other people will tell you that the Holy Spirit revealed it to them in a dream or something like that. Um, but for the most part, let's talk about why those vowel points are there. Okay, If, if they're not meant to be said within the word itself, why would there be vowel points there? It's a good question. Yes, I, th- I think it's a, it's a valid question because we read the vowel points with every other word in the Torah when we're reading Hebrew. So in Semitic culture, it's common practice when you see the Tetragrammaton to pronounce one of the other titles in its place. Uh, usually either um, Elohim or Adonai. Those, those would be the two primary ones. Or just Hashem, which means the name in Hebrew. Right. Uh, but Elohim or Adonai. So uh, the context would depend on the attribute that is being appealed to. So Adonai in Hebrew would translate as a master or a sir, lord. You know, the same way that, that uh, the Old English would call someone a lord of the land or, or something like that. Um, so when appealing to the majesty, mm-hmm. uh, the, the word Adonai would be used, and so the vowel points for the word Adonai would be in place over, where, top. over, over top of where the tetragrammaton is placed. And then likewise, Elo, Elohim being the judge, that's the one that you would appeal to for mercy. And so, anytime that you're, you you see a, a prayer appealing to the name for uh, mercy or on behalf of others or something like that, uh, the vowel points for Elohim would be over the uh, the tetragrammaton there. And it's a clue. It's not so that you read it with the tetragrammaton interwoven into it. Uh, it's so that you understand. Oh, that's the word I'm supposed to say instead of pronouncing the name. Mm. Yeah, I don't think most people uh, understand that when they see that in the Torah text. No, not at all. It's it, it's something that really you wouldn't you wouldn't understand if you didn't have a uh, a foreknowledge of Semitic culture. You, you kind of have to look deeper into Judaism to to gather that because uh, a rudimentary surface deep look at Judaism is not going to yield that kind of knowledge. As I understand it at the moment, uh, those four letters are basically all silent letters. And that the pronunciation has been lost. Am I wrong in saying that? I don't know if I would say lost per se. 
Um, certainly, lost. yeah, certainly you could say it's for the most part been lost to time. There are some who say it's passed on by a select few rabbis to their disciples on their deathbed in a whisper. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, it's, that's the only time you ever hear it is when your rabbi is on his deathbed. It's going to be one of the last things that he says, and, and it'll it will be silently. It will be such that uh, only you can hear it. And that's when it's passed on. You hear it once in your life and you never utter it again until you are on your deathbed. And so the knowledge of it could possibly still live on. But for the most part, uh, as as being common knowledge, yeah, I, I think it's seems decent like, to say it's been lost to time. Seems like a protective measure to keep people from taking it in vain, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, because there's really no way to know. You know, who knows it and who doesn't? There's right. there's no possible way to know that. Not right now. Anyway. <laughs> this this can be argued about so much. It's such a short discussion because there's just no support for it in the Bible. That's true. I, at no point, uh, except for maybe the example in Mark where we see you know uh, Jesus um, recite the Shema, and even that's a weak argument because it's written in Greek, and usually if you ask any Jew uh, to recite the Shema, he'll say Adonai. He will never pronounce the name. Um, but yeah. If Jesus was a good Jew, which we know that he was, he never would have said it. He the wouldn't name. have said it, and we know he didn't say it because the crowd didn't react Yes, uh, the he, way that they would have if he had said it. Especially within its context. At the time, they would have killed him if he had spoken the Well, name. he would have been a blasphemer, just like the guy in, in Leviticus. Right. It's, so, it's not a long discussion to have. It's just... No. You know the, the 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 people who feel about it the way that they do uh, are very passionately so. Like you said, uh, really, no one truly knows how to pronounce it. No, I. And and <laughs> with that, you get very different variants uh, that I've heard, and um, I've even heard it argued that it's okay if you don't know how to pronounce it, at least say something. As long as you're making the effort. And I feel like that's worse. Way worse. (laughs) You know, because it's kind of like... Imagine calling out the wrong name to your girlfriend. Well, you know... It's it's safer to just say babe. So, yeah, right? (laughs) But but you have... You know, that's actually funny because it's a pet nickname. It's a title. It's something else. It's 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 a context-dependent... You know, thing, and in some cases, it almost means more. <laughs> but I think I think your name's actually a, a perfect example of this, um, because because it is a Gaelic name, so hardly anybody knows how to pronounce it properly unless they're already familiar with Irish culture. Um, so, how would you feel if somebody was like, "Look, it doesn't matter how you say it." Just as long as you call him by one of these, and then they give you a laundry list, and one of them is Seamus, and one of them is Seamus, and Seamus, and Seaman, and... <laughs> yeah, Sesamus. Sesamus? Yeah. Have you gotten that? On my promotion day. Really? I, I promoted to Corporal Sesamus McGowan, and to Sergeant Seamus, which, you know, everyone always messes my name up, and it, yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not cool. Um... And, you know, of course, you get the argument, well, God is much better than human beings. He knows the intent of the heart. I think if your heart's in the right place, you would do your best to avoid saying it wrong. Which, uh, in my opinion. Which 
would translate to don't say not it. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, going back to you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. I think that in and of itself is, is sort of the end all be all when it comes well, it to is, this. It is. It's honestly, it's a courtesy that we give to other people. Okay. You're on the job. There's somebody new at work. You got introduced to them very briefly in five seconds, one time, and you don't remember their name because that was five hours ago. Okay. Are you just going to take a stab at whatever you think? You heard their name was? Or are you going to be like, hey, you? Yeah, what was her? You yeah. mind? Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot. You right? <laughs> you're yeah, you're, you, you will get their attention without right. substituting something for their name. Because your heart is in the right place. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, if, if that's a courtesy that we extend to the common man, why wouldn't we go so far as to do that for uh, for, for a god who's, who's not, he's not just our god but our father and our king you know so there we have the example in matthew 6 he says our father first of all when was the last time you called your dad by his first name i've never done that <laughs> it's just disrespectful <laughs> i mean like the thought of it my my life flashes before my eyes I just feel dirty thinking about it. Right. I'm like, hey, what's up, Patch? Oh, I'm not even going to do it. Nope. <laughs> not okay. <laughs> now imagine a king. Yeah. For certain. In summary, I, I think, scripturally speaking, there's far more evidence for not pronouncing the name of God than there is for... Um, I mean, is that something you think that's been demonstrated here pretty well? Or? Um do you well, tend to agree at this I point? Would, I would agree. Okay. Uh, I, I can't think of an instance in which anybody had ever explicitly pronounced the name, especially in the New Testament, and it being okay. It's harder to argue in the New Testament because it's in Greek, so. Right. <laughs> right. But, yeah, good talk. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. no. <laughs> we will raise a glass. <laughs> we will. We will raise say, a glass. L'chaim. Uh,